I'm former Congressman Gary Franks. And I'm his son, Gary. I'm millennial. We're discussing everything from politics to sports and pop culture. From very different perspectives. We speak frankly. Welcome back. How you doing, Gary Jr.? I'm doing well. How you doing? Good. Now that basketball has really started in earnest now. I mean, they've already played. Everyone's played about 12, 14 games. And uh, I've seen a few of them. It's been really great to uh, see basketball back, even though it wasn't that long that we were looking at the NBA finals. But still, after, I think, a lackluster baseball season, especially with the Yankees not in it, um, to any, to any real degree. Uh, I'm happy to see football back, and obviously I'm also happy to see basketball back. And, Gary, things have really changed. I mean, you look at the start that some of these teams have gotten, and you say to yourself, how did this happen? And then you have the usual suspects and the usual spots because their stars are playing like stars. But I'm going to start with a team that, Right now, it's kind of stunned me because I'm saying to myself, I know you think I'm going to say the Wizards, but I'm not. The team that I'm thinking of. Well, I'll Wizards... touch on, real quick, <laughs> I'll touch on the Widgets real quick. Okay, uh, you go with the Wizards. They are in first yes. place. But I'm going to I'm gonna focus in on the team in third place in the Eastern Division, which would be the Chicago Bulls. And there's a reason for that. And I'll come back to that. But you go ahead. You start with the Wizards. They're in first place. Yeah, so I'm actually shocked to put the Chicago Bulls. but That's uh, what I want to talk about. I'm going to talk about them, but you go first with the Wizards, and I'll come back with the Bulls. Yeah, so first off, let's talk about, you know, when we talk about the Wizards, we have to talk about the elephant in the room, and that is the GM, LeBron James, trading Russ, getting the Wizards to trade Russell Westbrook for he thought were scraps, and Kyle Kuzma's averaging 15-9, and nine, and Montreal Harrell's <laughs> averaging 18-8. and eight. So those guys weren't scraps. They were actually pretty good players. Well, uh, hey, Gary, I'm going to interrupt you for one second. Let's not forget about the other person he cast away, Julius Randle, who played extremely well last year and is already off to a great start this year. But I'll let you continue with the uh, with the Wizards and the so-called castaways of LeBron James. Well, I wasn't, well, here's the thing. I'm not blaming Julius Randle on LeBron James that was a Magic Johnson move because oh, okay. they wanted to okay. get LeBron and to do so, they had to move Julius Randle because they played the same position. Okay. So, okay. so Julius Randle and D'Angelo Russell, that was Lebr- you know that was Magic Johnson decisions, and we know Magic was not a good GM. But this is about the Washington Wizards, and they made another great move as well. I'm adding Spencer Dinwiddie to their team. Yes. And it's, yes. And it was a shame up. that Spencer Dinwiddie got hurt last year. Um, you know, with a partially torn ACL, because if he was healthy, the Brooklyn Nets, you know, could be NBA champs right now. Because without Kyrie Irving, they would have been just fine. Good point. But, but it just shows you how how great of a player he is. And, you know, unlike Kyrie Irving, he's not a headache. He just wants to go out there, you know, and just play basketball. Mm-hmm. And Bradley Beal, you know, is doing a great job as well. You know, but I like the most about the Wizard team is that the, is that they look like they're having fun out there. Yeah, I think they, that's they something. Do. Yeah, and that's something that's mm-hmm. very important, especially um, during a long eighty-two game season. 
is that you have to look like you're having a good time out there and enjoying your teammates. Um, so, you know, I'm not too surprised that the Wizards are doing well. I'm surprised they're in first place. But mm-hmm. I expected the Wizards to be in the playoffs anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, earlier, I believe in a, you know in an earlier podcast, I had the Wizards I'm in a play-in uh, round when they first made the trade for Russell Westbrook. But I think without having Russell and adding pieces to your team, now you have more of a complete roster. Thanks. And sometimes yeah. it shows that you don't need to have uh, you know, one superstar player, you know, you really just need a, you know, a team and a team can beat, you know, a bunch of superstar players if they play, you know, correctly. And that's what the Wizards are doing right now. The Gary, I agree. Uh, what a difference a few years would make. Uh, a few years back, we were talking about John Wall and the Wizards. It was John Wall's team and Bradley, who? Oh yeah, Bradley Bill was kind of like there. They didn't get along too well. Well, Things have really changed. Bradley Bill is not just a scorer. You know, he, yes, he led. He's one of the top scorers on the NBA last year, finished behind Steph Curry. But this year, he, he is playing a more well-rounded game. He's averaging about 23 points a game. Not 30, but 23 points a game. And getting about six rebounds, six assists. Sharing the ball. Moving the ball. And the team and the player who has the best shot takes it. They play real team basketball without the, the glamour of having us having a superstar, even though Bradley Beal's a very good player. He's an all-star. But still, not the, the glory of people who have won MVP awards in the past. And they're playing well. And I'm happy, I'm happy for the, for the uh, Wizards. It's, it's been long overdue. Um, how long will it last, Gary? That, that's, that's the question. Uh, you know, some teams are, you know, got to get off to a good start every year. And some teams like the Hawks, get off to a terrible start every year. Now, Hawks, last time they had a terrible coach at the beginning of the year. Then they got a good coach, and they went out and they ran a, they ran the table for a long time. Uh, this year, that same coach, they're not getting – they've been sluggish as far as their start would be concerned. They're 4-9 near the cellar with the usual suspects, the Detroit Pistons, 3-9, and nine, and the, the Magic, 3-10. and 10. But, Gary, I'm going to talk about the middle-tier teams as well, but got to talk about those Bulls because they have a player who I, I really – short of a guy by the name of Ben Hemmons, Demons, Hemmons, whatever, the guy ben from the 76ers. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. his name, Simmons, yeah. yeah. Other than him, I probably hit this guy pretty hard as well over the over the last year or so. And, and, and there's – and unjustly, Ben Simmons, there was a reason for that. Everyone knows now. The guy can't shoot. The guy doesn't want to practice. The guy doesn't want to take a shot. So we know about that story. And we don't know where he is at this point. But, you know, I'm not going to beat up on, on the on the dead, so to speak. So moving right along, and hopefully he comes back. Hopefully he has a great career. I wish him the best. But right now, he's, not a, he's a non-factor in basketball. But this individual, DeMar DeRozan, I always said trade him, trade him, trade him, trade him, trade him. And, you know, well, he found a home. And that home has allowed him uh, – granted, he did very well with Toronto, Gary, with the Raptors. They, did, they they went far every year with Kyle Lowry, who's also gone from the Raptors. But the bottom line of it is he's playing real solid basketball. And probably – he's probably played like this his entire career. But now – and don't get me wrong, they won when he won, when he played for the, for the Raptors. But – it's something about that Chicago team, and I saw them on TV not too long last, last week, Gary. They look really solid. Um, now, granted, they have their all-star Zach Levine, who, who's just just a phenomenal athlete. You know, the second coming of uh, 
Um, I was going to say Carter, but I, I shouldn't put him with Vince Carter. But as far as his leaping ability and his, uh, his uh, boy, he's averaging about 26 points a game. That being Zach Levine, getting about five and a half rebounds and getting about four assists a game. But what I really liked about DeMar DeRosa is that he's playing an all-around, well-rounded game. He's taking his mid-range shots, and the team is winning. They're eight and four so far. Yeah, but so they're winning. The Bulls are winning. They picked up Lonzo, Lonzo Ball, another castaway from the LeBron regime. But okay, different era, different time. He went to New Orleans. Okay, we understand all that. But he is playing well also. He's getting about 12 points a game, you know, about a half dozen rebounds, half dozen assists. No, I'm sorry, only about, only about four or five assists a game. I'm really happy to see the Bulls play so well. I'm, I'm very happy to see uh, Zach Levine get help. I'm very happy to see DeRosa being the type of player that, that could blend very well with that talent. And and right now, they're, uh, they're ahead of a lot of teams thus, thus far. Season is young. They've only played 12 games. But I'm very, very impressed by their, their fast start. Now, you should say, I should have had the Cavaliers in there. I mean, the Cavs, you know, solid drawers for many, many years after LeBron's departure. They're nine and five, and not because of Kevin Love. Kevin Love's not even averaging double figures. They got this rookie, the first-round draft pick, Yvonne Mobley from USC, who's having a very solid start thus far. Um, not sure about Cat Cunningham. I haven't really looked at his numbers. I just know that I have to go all the way down to the bottom of the page and find where the trade is because they're you know near the sour. But in the case of the Cavaliers, with their pickup, this individual has helped them to have a nine and five record, and they have the fourth spot. I'm going to go out on a limb with the Cavaliers. They will not end in the fourth spot. Okay, so Gary, those oh. are that's it. well. Let me go ahead. Yeah, let me add some things. Well, obviously, the Cavs historically the last few years have always gotten up to a hot start. So it doesn't really surprise me that they're off to a hot start. I think what surprises me more is the fact that the person you just mentioned. So, yeah, the fact that Evan Mobley is playing so well, um, you know, that's definitely surprising because it's keeping Kevin Love's butt on the bench. But, um, you know, I I really want to talk about another team that you just okay. mentioned mm-hmm. in a little more detail, and that is – and that is the fact that you mentioned the Chicago Bulls because these are all players that you did not like. You did not <laughs> like Lonzo Ball. You did not like DeMar DeRozan. You're right. Uh, a lot of these guys that, you know, I don't think you even like Billy Donovan as a coach. So, nope, didn't like him. Right. So so this just shows you. And first, let's give a lot of credit to Lonzo Ball. We always dump on the guys that don't get better during the offseason. <laughs> let's give Lonzo Ball tons of credit. Because he's now able to shoot the basketball at at a pretty high level, and that's something you know that comes with a lot of hard work, you know, as we all know. And Demar Derozan, he's playing so well because he he's finally you know it's fitting a role. Mm-hmm. He's, Demar Derozan it cannot be the best player on your team, and he's not the best player on the Chicago Bulls. That's Zach Levine. The second best player is you know is Vucevic. So mm-hmm. he's the third best player on the team, and now he's able to fit a role, and now he's playing so well um, in that role. Um, another team that I want to talk about real quick is uh, is the fact how bad the Boston Celtics are playing just in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, yeah. Um, it looks like they're going to have to make a trade because the Celtics' biggest problem is Tatum and Brown pass the ball to each other. And 
and you can't do that. You know, they only average about three or four assists a game, and they're going to have to, you know, get a real point guard in there, maybe a Ricky Rubio, maybe the Cavs start to fall a lot, and, you know, Ricky Rubio will be available. But they Well, he's, he's pretty busy with the Cavs now, Gary. The Cavs are doing well, and he's there. Right, right. But the thing is with the Cavs is the Cavs already have two guards in town, Sexton and Darius Garland, okay. that I think will – will uh, force them to move on from Ricky Rubio as time goes on. Okay. Um, so hopefully, you know, to give those guys more minutes. So hopefully, you know, for the Celtics' sake, they can make a trade to get a Ricky Rubio type of player. And I'm not a huge Ricky Rubio fan, but they need a guy that just, you know, that's an old-fashioned point guard that that gets them in their sets. Because it, cause every time I see Tatum and Brown play, they remind me of, when Carmelo Anthony was playing with the Nuggets in the in the Knicks, where everything was ISO mm-hmm. and Joe Johnson, you know, ISO Joe, and they would have to take tough shots every single game, and that's not how you win a championship. You need to get easy baskets. So I'm I'm actually kind of concerned about the Celtics. I don't know if they're going to be able to, um, you know, I think they'll make the playing tournament as the year goes on, but I'm definitely concerned about them so far. Well, you know, they have a new coach, so. Um... I'm going to give them a little slack because of that. They got to get adjusted to uh, the new coach, new program, the new way of playing ball. What, what does concern me is Jason T- Tatum's performance thus far. He leads the league in, uh, in turnovers. You know, he has the highest average of turnovers in the NBA. And that's from his, I don't know, what do you call it, point forward position or second guard position. I don't know what position he kind of plays, technically speaking. But he has a lot of turnovers every game. I think he averages about six or seven a game. You're not going to win games if you're what your leading player. Your leading scorer is, is turning the ball over that many times. And so they, they have some fundamental problems. I hope it's just a matter of, uh, of just getting used to the new coach. Um, but, you know, we'll see. The, the, the league is not, it's not easy. You know, teams have gotten better. And so uh, the Celtics, if they can't uh, get it get it together, you know they they, they could be, uh, you know, looking at the the lotto <laughs> this, this season. It's very very possible. <laughs> okay, I want to switch. We talked about the East. Any other team in the East you want to talk about? Because I'm going to make another comment about another individual that I have bragged about and boast and have been in his corner for quite some time, but he, he, he reached a certain milestone last week, and I wanted to acknowledge that. Um, you want to make any more comments about the, about the East, no. Eastern Division? Well, let me make a comment about switching to the West. You know, I'm happy to see the Phoenix is not a fluke, and they're back in second place right now, but the, I want to make a comment about Chris Paul, and I, I know I've bragged about him a lot. In fact, I had him as one of my top five MVP picks uh, last season, but he, he reached a milestone game, and it's a very difficult milestone to hit. He actually has um, first player in NBA history to score 20,000 points and have 10,000 assists. And so I think that that's worthy of, of, of acknowledgement. That's ex- extremely hard to do. Uh, yeah, granted, you have to play a long time to be able to accomplish that. He ranks number five all time as far as assists would be concerned. Um, and he ranks uh, career scoring average. I think he's about 27, 27th. In the, in the NBA, fifth in steals for, for his career. So it's it's a nice achievement as we look at the, this is the 75th year of the NBA um, to to acknowledge that. You know, Chris is doing about what he did last year. You know, he's getting about 14 points a game, 
number one in, in assists. He's, he's the leader in the NBA in assists with 11 assists a game. And he, he's getting uh, – he always would manage to get four or five rebounds. I tell you, Gary, you play a certain number of minutes in a game, you're going to get four or five rebounds. You know, so long as – unless you want to really stay away from anything that has to do with the thing known as the rim. And Chris Paul's not like that. He puts his head in there. You know, he gets his body in there, and he – you know, he's a smart player. And he can get get you about four or five rebounds. So they've gotten off to the same type of start, they being the Phoenix Suns, that they had, that they did last year. They're eight and three right now. And Booker is playing like Booker. I think that he'll score more as the season moves forward. He's averaging about 22 points a game with six rebounds a game and five, five and a half assists a game. So I'm happy to see that the uh, the, the Phoenix Suns are, are doing, are picking up, where they left off from from uh, from, from last last season. Yes, yeah, so I'm shocked that you mentioned about the Phoenix Suns because the Phoenix Suns are doing doing what people thought they were going to be doing. But I think a team that, that you should mention is about another player that you don't like. <laughs> and don't say the Joker. No, <laughs> no, not the Joker. Paul George. Oh, I who, uh, I'm talking about. who, who sometimes <laughs> plays like the Joker. Uh, Paul George is having a phenomenal season this year. And obviously, you know, there's no Kawhi Leonard for the time being. Yeah. That's but he's but he's carrying this Clipper team, uh, you know, to the fourth spot and probably even higher as the season goes on. You know, he's really living up to the fact of being the number one guy. I haven't seen him play like this as the number one option since he was in Indiana. So it's really exciting to see. I'm going to watch him do what he's doing. And, uh, you know, maybe – Maybe it's time to take away the old joke I used to say about Tyron Lue saying he was no clue Lue. Maybe I got you know maybe it's time for me to get rid of that nickname because he's doing a great job with the with the Clippers right now. In fact, they're doing better than the other team who's in their building right now. That's true. And, That's that is true. <laughs> and that is something that people did not expect from going into the season. So I want to give a short, you know, and quick shout out to the Clippers, and I also want to talk about the Golden State Warriors. Speaking of accomplishments, uh, this. This past week, Steph Curry became the all-time three-point leader in threes, which is no surprise to anyone because they shoot way more threes now. And mm -hmm. Steph Curry is the best shooter we've ever seen. So it's not that surprising that, that he did it um, 532 games ahead of Ray Allen. Mm. But it's just impressive to see Steph Curry, a guy that changed the NBA single-handedly with his three-point shot. Not everyone's shooting threes from about 30-something feet out. The problem is they're not Steph Curry, so it looks really bad when they do it. But uh, the fact that Golden State Warriors are playing so well right now without without James Wiseman, without Klay Thompson, who will be back in a few weeks, it's very, it's very, um, it's very exciting for the NBA because I think it's really great when the Golden State Warriors are good. And I think it will be great if LeBron James can get healthy. And at one point, the Warriors play the Lakers in the playoffs. It will be very exciting basketball to watch mm -hmm. because there will be a bunch of stars on the court. And also, I also want to mention this guy because he probably he probably will be the sixth man of the year, and that's Jordan Poole. Mm. Who a lot of people don't even know a whole lot about, but he's been developing with the Golden State Warriors for the last two years when they were absolutely terrible. Mm -hmm. when Draymond Green was the star of the team. So that didn't go well. But, um, you know, he's really developed his game, and he's having 16 points a game right now, um, you know, for Golden State, and he's taking the place of Klay Thompson. So obviously when Klay Thompson comes back, um, you, know, he'll, you know, he'll be coming off the bench. And that's a key 
gotta have on your bench because the Golden State Warriors, it seems that they're trying to rebuild their team the way they used to build their team um, in 2015, in 2015, 2016 season when it was based off of their, you know, the, you know, the, on their strength and numbers. So that's also really good to see. I'm currently there in first place. So, you know, those are just the two teams yeah. that, that was the most exciting and interesting to see because we didn't expect those things from the, those two teams. You know, Gary, I, I agree with you. I think that uh, I'm going to add to that. If you had to say who would be the leaders in the MVP category right now, season's very young. They only played 12, 14 games. You got to put Steph right up there. And once again, uh, along with Kevin Durant, we'll talk about him a little later, I'm sure. But to get back to the the, the, the uh, Golden State Warriors as far as what they've done thus far and the, the well-roundedness of the team, yes, without Thompson as well. This guy, Gary, I didn't, you know, I, I was always on the fence on this guy. I'm not sure if you ever liked him, but I was always on the fence on Andrew Wiggins. He's playing good basketball. He's getting 17 points a game, about four and a half rebounds a game, playing his role, always been athletic. And with the management of a, of, of a Steph Curry on the team, he does what he needs to do on the court. And they have Wiseman coming back. So, you know, Wiseman, I haven't, I'm not sure how much he's played thus far. I'm not sure if he's even back yet, but I'm looking forward to big things out of him as well. So the 11-1 start that Golden State has already without Clay Thompson and the fact that they're they're learning to play with each other while last year was a little bit of a struggle. <laughs> it's a little bit of a struggle. They played that one-game play-in or whatever they want to call that in the, that the commissioner came up with. This year... They will be there. They will solidly be in the playoffs. That's my 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 uh, my prediction. I'm not sure where they'll be. I'm not saying they're going to hold on to that number one spot in the West, but they are a really good team. And you know, we would be remiss if we didn't mention, you know, the Brooklyn Net, the Brooklyn Nets, Gary. They're, they're in second place solidly in the East, and I kind of skipped over them, and I should not have. Uh, what do you say about Kevin Durant? I mean, guys, just Kevin Durant. Leading the league in, in scoring right now and scoring 29.4 points a game, getting 8.4 rebounds a game and 5.2 assists a game. James Harden is struggling because they got rid of the rule in which allowed James Harden to go to free throw line about 50 million times a game. But he's still averaging about 20 points a game, getting about eight rebounds a game and about nine assists a game. Harden's about, I think he's right, right below Paul and Trey Young as far as the assist leaders at nine a game. Trey Young is at 9.2. Uh, you know, they're, they're going to be there. Uh, they're going to be there. I'm not going to get into my uh, our other AWOL player, and that is, uh, well, I'm not going to mention his name, quite frankly. I don't know. You can mention Kyrie Irving if you want. I'm not going to mention his name because bottom line, is, as far as I'm concerned, I put him in the same different category for different reasons, but still, you're getting played the pl you're getting paid to play a game, and you're getting paid better than this is put this way. Then, then most then you can put a lot of professionals in a room. You're getting paid more than any of them in the room, times by times two or three. So, yeah, I have nothing to say about this guy. So that's why I'm leaving him out. But the bottom line of it is, Brooklyn. It's going to be a solid team. I know I joked about how old they are. I know I joked about how they they pick up all these old guys, but. They're going to be there. They're already there. They're in second place, holding that down very well. And to me, without well, I, I don't think you may diff, differ with me on this, Gary. I think if you had an early voting on on the MVP award, we could, we'll probably do this every once in a while. It's Kevin Durant and Steph Curry. Those two guys have uh, 
truly done extremely well. Now I say about the Joker. The Joker's doing what the Joker does, and they're about in third or fourth place. He's getting 25 points a game, 14, 14 rebounds a game. That's outstanding. Luca's doing about the same thing he did last last year. 25 points a game, eight rebounds, seven, seven or eight assists. And the Greek freak is, well, the Greek freak. He's averaging about 26.6 points a game, getting about 12 rebounds and six assists a game. Um, but bottom line, Brooklyn, Golden State, we're going to be – they're going to go deep, in my estimation, in the playoffs. And I know we're only in the first couple of weeks or month of the, of the NBA season. Yeah, I agree with you. Kevin Durant is the MVP uh, right now, and I don't really care about who's in second because I don't think there's anyone you know even close. I think if we had to name it, I would probably go Paul George, and then the Joker um, over Steph Curry because Steph's actually averaging less points this year and he's shooting on worse from the field this year than he did last year. So I would lean towards Paul George because the Clippers are doing so well with really nobody else, and the Joker's doing so well. Again, still without Jamal Murray, who, you know, hopefully will come back later in the season. And that will be a big thing that they add to their team, the Denver Nuggets, um, if the Joker is able to continue to play this well. Um, mm -hmm. But with the Brooklyn Nets, you know, I didn't look at the Brooklyn Nets at adding a bunch of old players. <laughs> you know, I looked at it, you know, I looked at the Lakers, who we haven't mentioned yet, at adding a, nothing but old players. Uh, but, the, but the Brooklyn Nets, all, you know, all they needed to do was get, quote, unquote, older players to fill out the roster because the okay. team is built around Kevin Durant and James Harden, who are still in their prime of their careers. Mm -hmm. So they didn't need to add a bunch of other players to it. I think the reason why the people are calling the Lakers old is because LeBron is old and, and Anthony Davis is a young player, but he gets hurt all the time. So he, yeah, that's true. It seems old. And Russell Westbrook's 33 years old, you know, as of, you know, as of a last week, and Russell Westbrook would last on, on athleticism, so he's really old. So, you know, when you look at the difference between the Lakers and the Brooklyn Nets, the Nets have their old players just to fill out roles. And LaMarcus Aldridge, a guy we haven't mentioned either, is playing really well for the Brooklyn Nets, and I'm mm -hmm. happy to see him back on the floor. Mm -hmm. I, I am too, Gary. I am too. Uh, I, I will also be remiss if I didn't acknowledge the, um, the rookie of the year from last year because he's gotten off to a great start. And that is the other ball brother, ball son, I should say, of the of the father who I also have to commend because he said his sons were good. And guess what? They are pretty damn good. So uh, LaMelo is averaging 19.2 points a game, 7.6 rebounds and 7.2 assists a game. And is doing well with the uh, Charlotte Hornets. And so he's coming back as uh, the reigning rookie of the year. And then the player again I'd like to also talk about briefly is a player who uh, – Really imp impressed me in the in the in, in the playoffs last year, and that is John, that is Jay Morant, who's averaging twenty six points a game, with six point five rebounds and seven point four assists for for the Memphis Grizz Grizzlies. He's he's the real deal, uh, so um, he's doing very well. Speaking of teams that are six and seven, the World Champions are six and seven. That being the Milwaukee Bucks, but there's reasons for that. A lot of injuries, and you know I think they'll they'll turn it around. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I really want to focus on, um, you know, one other team. It's the last team mm -hmm. uh, to me that caught my eye, and that's the fact the Pelicans have one win. And I think that's, uh, you know, that's really – Newsflash, news they won two now. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. They won two games. <laughs> um, 
game. <laughs> You're yeah, thinking of the Rockets. Right. The Rockets only won one game. <laughs> so. No, no, no. The Rockets no, are one and eleven. <laughs> no, I know a team I was talking about because Houston Rockets. Told, Houston Rockets told John Wall to go home until they trade him. So I expected the Rockets to be bad, but the Pelicans. I expect him to be this bad without Zion. And unfortunately, I mean, every time I see Zion, he looks ridiculously overweight. So I hope Zion's able to to control that, you know, because I want him to have a very long career in the NBA and successful career in the NBA. But yeah, I'm just shocked that 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 uh, that Brandon Ingram is, you know, he's playing well, but the rest of the team isn't playing well, which makes me believe that they should have kept Lonzo Ball. That mm. shows you the value of Lonzo. Yeah. You know, you know, and I'm not here, you know, to uh rah rah the ball. Uh, brothers, because, you know, that's not what I'm here to do, but it's just, you know, it's sad to see the Pelicans be so bad after the Anthony Davis trade, which just shows you why they should have never traded Anthony Davis to the Lakers to begin with, because they didn't get anything out of that trade that was really worth it. Yeah. You know, and you look at all these trades, you know, all the guys the Lakers lost, they actually showed um, a video on ESPN a few days ago you know, in the last three years, they've lost an all-star team. If you look at it, you know, uh, Julius Randle, Jordan Clarkson, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, <laughs> D'Angelo Russell, Zubox. I mean, you know, list goes on and on. It, you know, and you're looking around, it's like they had all these guys in their team. They didn't need the guys they have now. But, you know, that's not how the Lakers do things. But at, at the same time, that was the only trick. That was the only trade that didn't work out for, you know, the team that got the other, you know, those players. And that was, you know, up to this point, you know, and that's the Pelicans. I also feel like, you know, hiring Willie Green, who used to play for the Sixers when Allen Iverson was playing, you know, and a bunch of other teams. I think that was probably the wrong hire. Um, you know, so we'll see how the Pelicans do, you know, rest of the year. But it's very clear that they're going to be in the lottery this year. But those were the teams that shocked me the most throughout the NBA. I hear you. And another team that uh, will once again be sitting in the uh, the chair of the the lottery next year would be uh, the team that had a number one pick last year, that being the Pistons. I do not see them making making a run for it this year, Gary, making the playoffs. Uh, Cat Cunningham, you know, he got off to a slow start. I think he was injured for a little while. He's averaging about 11 points a game. But uh, I, I expect bigger and better things from him. It's just, you know, it's getting adjusted to the NBA line. But um, that's why all the more credit goes to Evan Mobley because he, he jumped right in there. And at USC, I don't think he was averaging more than about 16, 17, maybe 18 points a game. And he's just doing the same thing in the NBA with Cleveland. Uh, plenty of opportunities for both individuals because, believe me, they would build their team around each one of them <laughs> because that's how bad they are. So, anyhow, um, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, let me jump in real quick, and I completely disagree with that. Statement. Okay, go ahead. Um, go ahead. The reason why the Cavs are doing so much better because um, Evan Mobley is not the star of the team. They have, they've got, you know, the Cavs have had three straight lottery picks, and they built their team through, you know, through the draft. Mm -hmm. The Detroit Pistons, going, you know, going into uh, the draft when they drafted Kay Cunningham, mm -hmm. they just had Jeremy Grant, and that was, and Jeremy Grant was a new, you know, uh, twenty points a game scorer. So the Detroit Pistons were going to be bad because they don't have any talent. So they were going to be bad from the beginning. Mm -hmm. The Cavs should actually be better because since LeBron's left, they've been, you know, they've done nothing but draft lottery picks, <laughs> you know, top, you know, top seven, top seven, top eight lottery picks. Yeah. So, you know, so it's, it's different. 
Evan Mobley is not carrying the team. Kay Cunningham and Jalen Green, you know, in Houston, they're single-handedly carrying their team. If they had the same talent that Evan Mobley had, it would be completely different. I hear you. Good points. Good, very good points. So we're out of time for today. Don't forget to subscribe. <laughs>